Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. I'm joined by my brother Jack. Jack, how are you doing? Hi, Tommy. Ready to talk some baseball. Very exciting week. Yeah. So let's just start off with uh, the good news. The Red Sox signed Trevor Story. Which yeah. I I mean, they were in on him, but they're, you know, me and Tim talked about this. I want to run this by you because me and Tim couldn't quite put our finger on it. The Patriots, we were talking about the Patriots, and they seem to be in on everyone. Or mm-hmm. the Celtics. Yep. But is that just because we live here? So what I asked Tim is, like, in Houston, in Tennessee, are they like, oh, shit, so-and-so is a free agent. You know, the Titans got to go get him. The Rockets should go after this guy. Or is it just because everyone gets so excited and it's like, oh, it's the Celtics. It's the Patriots with Belichick. It's the Red Sox. They're obviously going to sign this person. But is it like it everywhere? I bet there are people, there are fan bases who say, who are always thinking like, oh, my God, this guy would fit perfect. That's like the perfect free agent signing no matter what the team is. But obviously it's, it sounds bigger here just because it gets more coverage being in a bigger market than any one of those two places. Yeah. I was, it just gets frustrating. Cause like, I mean, but I think that that could just be going back to one of my favorite topics, the arrogance of uh, baseball writers, but just some of these new England writers in general, who thinks that sports don't exist outside the Northeast with Philly, New York and uh, Boston and then LA and that's it. There's no yeah. other team. So it gets blown out of proportion by everybody. Those East Coast Marcus. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is I'm pretty sure Chicago might be an actual bigger market. So. Sure. Yeah. Um. Anyways, but back then to Trevor again, Story. There, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. Back so to story. Trevor Story, they were in on him. I was like, I doubt it. But sure enough, six years, $140 million, opt out after four years. And uh, he's decided he's going to play second base. Yeah. Uh, no. And I thought that the holdup on Trevor's story was he wanted to play short. Um, and that's what everybody was saying. He wants to play short. He wants to play short. And the Red Sox have a pretty good shortstop. So out of nowhere, they just said, hey, we signed story. And with no, like, the next story after that was he's going to play second, which – Sign me all the way up for Trevor Story playing second base for you. He's a good shortstop defensively. So second base, I mean, that just makes the up the middle for the, the Red Sox just really spectacular. What well, an upgrade over Christian Arroyo. Also, you throw in uh, Rafael Devers. You have three all-stars in the infield. Yeah. Uh, he... He has an opt-out after that fourth year, like I said, but, and the opt-out will be in his age 33 season, so, eh, I don't see that happening. Okay. Yeah, he'll probably stick around. He's got a, they got, he's just got a good contract. Uh, uh, It's crazy, though, that the Red Sox spent their money here, which, I mean, it's a, it's a good signing for what it turned out to be as a, guy in the prime of his career, um, a right-handed power bat who moves from a very hitter-friendly ballpark to an an almost exclusively right-hand hitter-friendly ballpark in uh, Fenway. But uh, I think he's going to do great. And again, you're not having Bogarts move. 
if Bogarts decides to leave, there's kind of an insurance policy now behind him with Story. Um, and he's playing second base. He's playing second base. We have we went from having Christian Arroyo, who I like watching. I like Christian Arroyo as a baseball player, but we went to having one of the best second basemen now in baseball. And you can't you can't deny that upgrade. Yeah, so I I'm looking it up. In 2018, he had 42 doubles. That's his career high. I think he'll beat that this year at Fenway. Oh, yeah. Fenway, I think so, too. He's going to hit lasers off the monster all year long. Fenway, he might get robbed of, like, five home runs hitting the top of the monster. That would have kept traveling, but they'll just be doubles. Something like that will happen, but I think he'll hit a ton of doubles. I like him playing second base because he had elbow trouble last year, and it's just a easier throw he is defensively a better shortstop than bogarts that's a fact but bogarts is entrenched there Mm -hmm. so and he's cora's guy i mean right and so we both it's known bogarts is gonna opt out that's gonna happen do you think he re he resigns do you think that will happen i hope it happens I yeah. think that if they win this year or have a deep run into the playoffs, I think he will resign. He'll take his he'll take his payday from the Red Sox. And I think the Red Sox will resign him too. I think Bloom is a is a pretty loyal guy for that. So he'll he'll pay him. The only thing I wonder is if that's the only move they made all all winter long. Or however, in the last three weeks, however the lockout it's been, um, however long since the lockout ended it's been, are they waiting for their money to re-sign Devers? So I had this in my notes for later, um, but we can talk about it now. The J.D. Martinez is coming off the books, and so is Nate Evaldi. And then if you figure De- – uh, Bogarts opts out. That's twenty million, and this is the last year that they have to pay David Price. So, all that coming off the books is like ninety thousand, ninety million dollars. So, I have it written. This is exactly what's in my notes. If they fuck up the Devers thing, there will be a fan revolt. Like, you can't lose Mookie, Devers, and Bogarts. No, not with the payroll that you're allowed to have being in Boston. And, and just the overall overall revenue that you generate as the Red Sox, yeah. Uh, especially so close. Let's say they they have a deep run. If they have a deep run and then their, uh, their management decision is to let both Bogarts and Devers walk or let one of the two walk and that one is Devers, that's a horrible approach to building any kind of long-term success. Uh, and I think what Bloom did with the Rays is build them to be good for years. So I hope that's what he's doing here with a larger payroll because Story's 29. I yep. mean, Devers is 29. Or excuse me, Bogarts is 29. And Devers is 26. I mean, that's a core that you build around for the next four to five seasons, realistically. Um, this is Bogarts his... age 25 year. Devers. Devers. Oh, yeah. Devers, age 25 years. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, and that's okay. So he's even a year 
younger than I thought. I mean, oh, God, yeah, I have to lock him up. He's not even in the prime of his career. Watching some of his spring training at-bats, you can tell he's still learning how to hit and even better than he was last year, or not so much right now, but once he gets rolling the season without any injuries, I mean, you're talking about a possible MVP candidate because of of how a good of a complete hitter he's turning into. So, yes, move the money when all that money comes off the book and we have had conversations off the air about how ridiculously they spent that money on pitchers. They didn't necessarily need to lock up at the time, but once they get that money freed up, they have to use it to lock up those two guys, but especially, and this kills me because I'm a Bogarts guy, but especially Rafi Devers. Yeah. I think in the long run, it has to be Devers, especially with the, chance that he could just be a dh and then he's just david ortiz maybe not as clutch and stuff but that left-handed power bat that you can just have the thing like you said he's probably got seven eight more seasons of really really good productive numbers if all else fails he's still in arbitration next offseason so he's not a free agent till 2024 so if they can do that and then move money around or whatever they have to do and sign them the next year. Fine. But you just before 2024, you have to lock them up. Right. And if you want to get an idea of what his contract is going to look like, take this year's arbitration settlement or the settling they had to avoid arbitration, which was 11 and a half million. Go ahead and multiply that by 10 and then pay him that amount of money to get him to pay third, third base here for the next eight to 10 seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're both weary of Bogarts leaving, but obviously we both want him to come back. I want him to come back because if you really look at it, that's a guy who's progressed from an average hitter to adding a good deal of power by still playing a very demanding position. And he's gotten better defensively every season too. Granted, it's not, realistic to think after his age 29 30 season he's going to start he's going to start to ascend defensively he'll probably start to go down a little bit but again he got so many options in that infield right now with story coming in so it is a good signing it was a signing that definitely took me by surprise but i don't know it might be reactionary to what we'll get into a little later maybe they had bigger plans to fill that position but like I said, we'll talk about that later. But let's keep rolling and talk about some pitchers. Well, hold on. I wanted I wanted to float a theory to you. Okay. I like theories. All right. This is my yeah. dream scenario. Mm-hmm. They re-sign Bogarts. Mm-hmm. They extend Devers. Okay. Bogarts becomes a third baseman. Story becomes a shortstop. Devers becomes a DH because J.D. Martinez has done his contracts up after this year. And we both don't think they're going to re-sign J.D. Martinez. No, him saying he wants to end his career with the Red Sox, that's all well and good, but unless you take a discount. Yeah, a pretty healthy cut, too. Or maybe don't disappear into the Boston evening uh, in the second half of the season. Yeah, and then... No, I like what you said about the flexibility in that infield. The only thing that I see a problem with it is story uh, unless Devers says I need to move I want to move and I guess he has said that he'd move to the other side of the infield 
but yeah, I think that having story there, you know, the only thing is if he doesn't, if he doesn't lose a lot by going to play second base, but again, he's going to cover a lot because first base right now, until we see what Casas does or Casas is in reality, uh, that's kind of a dead spot for them right now, both defensively and offensively. Sure. I'm, I'm at the point where it's, if you want to try and teach him first base, fine. But if you also just want to like legit stick him at designated hair and there you go. I think as he gets out of his twenties and into his late twenties, that's probably exactly what's going to happen. Um, the one, one other thing made I great, want... made a great play last night though. Yeah. And in Bogart's case, if Cal Ripken and Derek and Alex Rodriguez can do it, I'm sorry, bud. You can do it. I love you, but extended both of their careers by doing that too. Exactly. The one last thing, and then we can move on to uh, some pitching. The have you heard the whole the home and away splits thing with Story? Yeah, I have, but that's why I brought up that he's going to another very hitter friendly ballpark. It's not like he's going to um, the Polo Grounds. I mean, he's gonna be—he's gonna have a very good opportunity to mash pretty consistently in Boston, and in a arguably a way better lineup than he's ever been a part of. He's gonna be protected on both sides, no matter where he hits. Right. So the reason I bring it up is his splits so far. His splits so far in his career are a three hundred three hitter at home with three sixty nine on base and a 603 slugging. That's really good. In a way, 241, 310, 442. Not great. But the thing that people have pointed out, not drive time radio hosts locally, smart baseball people have said you what you have to look at with a, a former Rockies player is it's called the Coors hangover effect. And what that means is a slider doesn't break in Coors Field like it does everywhere else. So you play a six-game series, and then you go to L.A. and San Francisco, which are basically at – well, San Francisco is basically at sea level. Their goddamn stadium is built on the ocean. And then the very next day, that same slider moves two feet. So you're just not adjusted. But if you're playing in Boston – a slider moves like a slider in Boston and New York and Toronto. That's why DJ LeMahieu won a batting title. That's why Nolan Arenado hit 30 home runs when they left Coors Field because they were just like, oh, yeah, slider's moving like a slider should move. Yeah. So I'm not worried about it because of that. I think he's a good enough hitter that he'll just be like, oh, okay, now I don't have to deal with also like the altitude and how much it sucks. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree too. There, that's something to talk about. It's something to hate on when they can hate on it. My one criticism is I did not realize how much he strikes out. He strikes out a good a good number of times, which I mean that's the that's what baseball is turning into right now. But um, he struck out 191 times to lead the lead to lead the National League one year. That's uh, granted that's before he became Trevor Story, but still yeah, he's. He, he had a bum elbow. Yeah. But that would be my one criticism. I mean, I mean, offensively, this team looks like it's going to roll and score some runs right yeah. now. Totally. 
All right. Do you want to talk about someone who's not going to prevent runs for mm-hmm. the first? Hopefully, probably not all year, but hopefully months. he does. So yes. Chris Sale has everybody's a... favorite left-handed waif. He got has hurt pitching. A... Yes, a rib cage fracture, mm-hmm. and just can't. He can't throw. I have a working theory. You gave me a theory earlier. Here's a theory for you. Okay. My theory is that I don't think Chris Sale is the same Chris Sale that he even was in 2018 when he made Manny Machado look foolish. I think that Chris Sale right now is Chris Sale that is has his fastball topping out in the low 90s. And I think he got hurt trying to give extra effort to try to make his fastball look alive again, but I don't think it's there. And it worries me that he'll never, ever, ever be the Chris Sale we think he should be, and it'll just be money falling through their hands again with another pitcher that just can't stay healthy because he's built like he has stilts for legs. Yeah. Uh then that money is $30 million a year. So it's funny you bring that up because what I wrote down is it sounds crazy, but should the Red Sox do something like they did with David Price, eat half his salary and say, see you later? Uh, Yeah. I mean, how much he has two years left on his current deal? I, I believe it's this year and two more years. So, yeah, I think it's him, and there's a lot of guys that they need to kind of get in order because I don't think they – I think they have, like, a handful of guys who's who are signed past the 2023 season. But, um, yeah, I, 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 at this point, I don't think that he is going to come off of his rehab. And, granted, I'll go see him in Worcester again, and I'll buy into the hype and the lead-up probably, but I don't see him coming out of a rehab and being – the front end top of the line starter that you need to make a deep, deep run of the playoffs. I feel like unfortunately, and it's not really anything against them, but Uvalde's going to have to be that guy all year because Chris sale has proven that in the last few years, he is not a reliable workhorse pitcher. No. So, I mean, it's almost like you're reading my notes, which I didn't share with you. So I don't know how, but (laughs) I wrote, I wrote down he pitched 25 games in 2019, didn't pitch in 2020, and nine games in 2021. Went, and I mean, I know it's Dave Dombrowski's thing to come in, sign expensive guys, take your team close to, close to, or if not in their case, win the World Series, and then like reward the guys with huge contracts. And it's like, see you later. Good luck. Uh, with your team after losing the best player it's had in 25 years. But you have Chris Sale and Nate Evaldi. I mean, Evaldi was great last year, so. Yeah, no, and he'll probably be, he'll, he'll have to, he will have to be their, their top starter all year. Um, unless you have Hulk or Whitlock make a, a giant leap forward. Like, but for Chris, and, and I don't know what the extent of the injury is to, you know, two months, maybe May, mid-May is when they're targeting a return. But if I know one thing about Chris Sale, certainly not going to be rushed back to the mound. Uh, so no matter Gammon's, what, 
no matter what his presence would like you to think about him, I don't think he is nearly the intense competitor that he likes to put out there. Yeah, Gammons wrote an article about how Tommy John surgery is like reliable basically now, but in the article that said that they talked about sale because he had it last year or two years ago and they expect him at the end of May, which that might be when he starts his rehab, I would assume. Great. <laughs> um, and to stick on the pitching, I don't, yeah. their bullpen is probably their weak spot again. Yeah. Which, um, and I've been watching as much as I can of them play spring training games because I think it's not only their weak spot, it's it's by far their biggest question mark as well, too. Because as of what they have in the bullpen right now, and they have a lot to choose from, but unfortunately none of it is a real top-of-the-heap choice, my guess is that Barnes is going to close the games to start the season. I would say so, yeah where Matt Barnes went last year. And I don't mean he didn't just play poorly. I mean, he did not play at all towards the end of last year with no injury. I don't really understand how you can justify just rolling him out as your closer uh, to start the season. Um, I mean, I know he was an all-star last year, but <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> um, uh, right before we hopped on to record this, Jake Diekman just gave up a, real beauty of a three-run homer. Um, so, and there's a couple of guys who have had relief appearances in the spring that have not looked good. And I don't mean to judge a whole team uh, how they look on March 24th, the date we recorded this, but man, it looks tough. And it doesn't look like they've added anybody who is going to be a clear uh, lockdown guy out of the uh, bullpen in the late innings. No, they certainly didn't add anyone. Uh, I think we would both like to see Whitlock be the closer, but they're going to probably keep him stretched out because they've talked about him being a starter at some point. So yeah, he's they'll be 25. They're not going to, they don't think they're going to rush anything with Garrett Whitlock. No. And I think they'll use him in the highest leverage situations and yeah. multiple innings. Like if, you know, the starters suck like Garrett Richards did last year, or Martin Perez, they'll just throw him in, give us two or three innings keep us close and then we'll piece it together from there. But yeah, it doesn't, I mean, Deakman let up a homer in the spring, big deal, but. No, I, I understand that. He just doesn't, he actually looks a lot like Chris Sale. He doesn't um, move the needles, but yeah, just doesn't like do it. Well, that's right. I mean, cause right now I have their roster, their pitching roster up right now. And I can think there are two legitimate options to close that aren't named Matt Barnes. And one of them, like we said, was Whitlock, who we think Cora has different plans for. But there's also, like, the only other name on here that makes any sense to me would be, like, Darwin's and Hernandez, who is a nice young guy with a good arm, but he's not he's not a lockdown closer. No, and he has a bad habit of throwing at 97 right at the belt buckle and having a... Yeah, he's young, too. He's only 25, so... I mean, but actually, yeah, no, I'm thinking of Sawamora sometimes lets up the long ball. Hernandez gets, he gets real walk happy. Yeah, he does. He's, he, 
he does not have a good con- command of the strike zone. Um, but yeah, that's that's their question mark. I, I and I think that if we, you know, if, if we're talking next week, uh, I got my dates next up. I thought we were kicking off the season next week, but that's in two weeks. So you're they still have some time to. You're, you're thinking that you get to play the show next Friday. That's, that's what it. you're thinking. The opening day that way. Um, but yeah, it's, they have, obviously, I don't even know. I don't even know that they know who the six or seven guys that they're going to have in the bullpen are right now. So I don't know. I just, I, that's the one thing that, that truly worries me. I mean, we talked about it last week. They got Matt Strom and I think Deekman was the guy they brought in. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if Tapera has pitched yet. No, they didn't get him. That's he was my hope. Oh, right. Okay. Right, right, right. He was right. my hope. He went to the, he went somewhere, which has a nasty bullpen now. And I'm pissed about it. He makes it. Yeah. He would make any bullpen that he walked into better. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it's kind of, as I'm looking at it. And again, I could, I could do the same song and dance with the starters too, outside of Nate Ivaldi and uh, Hauk, who I'm excited to see what he can bring. Mike Waka and um, Rich Hill are not filling me with supreme confidence. No, I'm I am stoked for to see Hauk in this not get oh, optioned. Me too, and and they're gonna ride him out. He's gonna start thirty games this year, and I think that's exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's about that's about all I got for the Red Sox. Uh. So what we can do is we'll take a break and then we'll talk about some two baffling moves that happened in the rest of the <laughs> majors. And then we're going to get to predictions. So we'll be right back. All right, Jack. So we're back and we did have a quick production meeting during the break. And we are going to do our predictions next week because that will be right before the season starts. That's what That's you call a cliffhanger, folks. Tune in next week. And tune in because I got one pick. No one's gonna be ready for. Oh, I like. Boy. I like wrote it, and I was like, "Ooh, I like this. Oh, I like what boy. I did here." Um. All right, Jack. So we said before the break, there were two bonkers signings, mm-hmm. and let's start with the coveted free agent, the top Carlos, guy in the class. Yes, Carlos Correa signs a three-year. $105 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. And he has an opt-out after the first year and after the second year. Hit a Tim Allen sound effect. The Minnesota no. Twins. <laughs> the market that nobody thought was even in on any free agents because it's the Minnesota Twins. But here comes Rocco Baldelli in his crazy contract structures that says, Hey man, you don't like it after one year? Get out of here. You don't like it after two years? Go ahead, take off. We don't care. And, and, and Carlos Correa, one of the best players in baseball, is now a Minnesota Twin. Pretty savvy for the Twins because they dumped Donaldson's huge contract and expiring uh, skill set and got one of the best shortstops in baseball, if not the best. I mean, realistically. Uh, it's not as crazy money as Corey Seager got, but I think it's a deal that sets him up to make more money 
in one or one to three years. He's just going to get paid again. The best part for us is they also dumped that contract and player off to the Yankees, therefore blocking them from signing Correa, yeah. which they're going to say, oh, we have pro- we have prospects that we like at shortstop. No, dude. You guys would be walking around with your stupid 27 rings. Cashman if, got played. He got played so hard. If they just threw money at Correa, they would have been like, oh, yeah, that's annoying, but that's what the Yankees do. Yeah. but And, he, they, and they got a, a good return, too, for uh, Donaldson. I mean, now it's Urshela, Correa, Gary Sanchez, eh, to an extent. But, I mean... The Twins also gave Buxton a huge uh, re-sign. Yeah. Uh, they got a nice little core there. Um, so good for the Twins. Great that it wasn't, because for a while there, it seemed like there were only three teams that were going to sign him, and it was the Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays. So really fantastic that he's just up there in Minnesota fishing in one of those 10,000 lakes. Good for him. And again, now, again, I just want to point out that that contract structure is so cool to be a star player in your prime of your career to not only get paid, but to then just have the opt-out option to be like, uh, maybe I'll go over here. Maybe I'll go over there. Good good for Correa there. I bet you'll see a lot more contracts like that come. Well, so here's my question to you. For, well, first of all, he is only behind Trout in position player average annual value so he's getting paid mm-hmm. the other thing is free agency started he had a certain agency representing him and then he left that agency for scott boris mm-hmm. so that agency gets some of this contract so if he opts out then does this all again next summer scott boris gets all the commission there's a lot of conspiracy theorists thinking that's exactly why this went this way and he's it's one year in Minnesota. I kind of believe that. I think Yeah, it might be. Or the other thing, you know, I read another thing that said Boris likes to set the market. So he set the market as in we understand he's not Mike Trout, but he's the, he is I think he's getting more money per year than Mookie. So it's like Yeah, no, he's 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 definitely set up to get money for sure. So and that keep was just, getting it. yeah. All right. The, okay. So that was just a surprise because. Yeah. Let's know. go to the surprise. Let's go from the surprising one to the completely gobsmacking. What the hell are you talking about signing? Yes. So Chris Bryant, a 30 year old Chris Bryant, who, I mean, that's he's younger than us, but he sure. is. A third baseman, but plays other positions. Yeah. Got signed by the fucking Rockies. Yep. And it was a I I'm I I got to type contract into Google because it does Google doesn't even want to tell me the contract. It's a big one. Seven a years, one hundred and eighty-two million dollars. And now what? That's a decision that the Rockies made after a year, two years removed from not signing 
a franchise caliber player in Nolan Arenado and letting him walk for saying that they can't afford him. And Tom? Sorry, no one could see that, but I raised my hand. Jack, check that again. They signed him, and then they traded him a year later and are paying him $50 million to play for the Cardinals. Excuse That's, me. yes. They gave him, he he took, he signed a contract and he was crying. He was like, I'm so thankful. This is where I want to be. And then the next year, they stopped trying to get players. They were in the playoffs. I was in Colorado when they there was a playoff game being played at Coors Field and it was cool. It was just like you could tell people were like excited about it. There's a buzz. We I took a tour of Coors Field and they played the Rockies game for the workers on the scoreboard. Then the next day the series against the Brewers came back. But anyways, then they just started like not caring about the players and slowly getting worse and worse. So Arenado was like, Well, what where are you going here? And the GM got pissed at him traded him to the Cardinals and is paying Nolan Arenado. Well, now he's paying Chris Bryant too. Yes. um, So that's what I, basically they made a bad financial decision with Nolan Arenado. And now you're, you clearly, who was our lead story. You don't sign back Trevor story. And now you have Chris Bryant who sure. He's a he's a good player. He's I like Chris Bryant. I like Chris Bryant too. He had a he got traded to San Francisco last year and when he got off the Cubs, I think he started humming a little bit and we just talked about it. It's probably going to go up offensively a tick with uh going to Coors Field. But it's just beyond anything that they I mean what's what are they going to tell Chris Bryant? Like here's your boatload of money. By the way, we don't have players to help you. They have uh, Ryan McMahon, I think, was the first, uh, the guy they just locked up, the third baseman who took over for Arenado. Yeah. It um, <laughs> really shows you, Nolan Arenado. End of list? I mean. Uh, Blackman's okay, but he's 36. Yeah, he's on the downside of his career. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a crazy signing that I can't believe he got as much money as he did. I can't believe they were that uh, crazy with their money, uh, especially after telling Arenado to get, we don't want you here. <laughs> you don't even go here. They let DJ LeMay, walk. That's the other person I was trying to think of. Thank you. He, won a, bat- he won a batting title and then he <laughs> walked. And then he won another batting title because he's a great hitter. And what, if I'm not mistaken, did they let Ian Desmond walk too? I think they traded him to Texas. Yeah. What? What, what the hell's going on out here? You know, trademark Vince Lombardi, but it it's baffling. I've heard. It's actually funny. I've heard someone say like, Maybe Chris Bryant approached them. Maybe Chris Bryant wants to live in a pretty cool city uh, where you can eat tons of edibles after a game. Yeah, it was. I was. I was like, that's not a. I get it, but 
Chris Bryant must be happy with his 2016 World Series because he's he got his one. Well, I mean, again, he'll probably be an all-star. He's going to move to left field. Um, he's not going to play third because they just signed McMahon, uh, who's a pretty Maybe. good defensive third baseman. He, they've already said they're going to have him play left field. Um, and again, I don't. It's not like I don't expect him to rake. He'll probably hit 30 home runs and be an all-star. But I mean, at what cost, man? You're on a 65-win team. Like, and people are just gonna be like in the NL West, which yeah. is a division that doesn't suck. Also, people just because he went to the Rockies are going to be like, "Yeah, great, dude! You had 32 home runs, 20 of them came in cores." Yeah, exactly right. People are just going to be like, "Good for you," but hey, he's won a Rookie of the Year, an MVP, a World Series, and now he's worth 182 million dollars. So he, I mean, it doesn't make sense what the team did, but you go, go get uh, your money, King. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> Chris Bryant does not care what we think. No. We're, and good for him. We're just like baffled by the the uh, business yeah, move of it's not it. Not Chris Bryant's fault. Unless they're like, okay, in two years we'll unload him for prospects. However, if you're gonna pay a hundred million, a hundred eighty million for a third baseman, I know which one of the two I'd choose. The one you, the one that wins the platinum glove and hits forty home runs. That's the one. Yeah, me too. All right. Speaking of another, actually, this one of Chris Bryant's very good friends. Uh, Chicago Castoff. Yep. And we're going to get to another two more after this. Anthony Rizzo is back with the Yankees, which we expected. Yep. And as of today, 324 22. I believe New York City has lifted the mandate for private sector athletes are athletes can play at home. They sure did. Uh, so it was good. They signed him to a two-year deal. Um, so, yeah, this was. Um, I think we kind of said this is better than them going out and making. This is certainly better than them getting Freddie Freeman. It's certainly better than them getting Carlos Correa. Uh, however, it's still Anthony Rizzo in a in a ballpark that skews to left-handed bats. And I don't think he was fully comfortable at all left last year. So I don't know, man, he, he could, uh, he could have a big year. He's a good hitter in a very friendly ballpark to a left-handed hitter. And he plays for the team that I hate. So, uh, I, he scares me to tell yeah. you the truth. That's a scary. So you're saying you hope baseman. he pulls his groin. It, well, yeah, but you know, kind of like he doesn't feel any pain, but he can't play on it. Um, it cause sucks because I, I like I, Anthony Rizzo. I do too. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was like uh, Theo Epstein's boy back in the day, and yeah, drafted by the Red Sox. Yeah, exactly. He was always like that hot Red Sox prospect, and then he was a San Diego prospect, and they finally came up for Chicago and had a great career over there. But, um. But him and Judge He's, can't play 10 games in Toronto this year, so. No, that's true. Although that might change. Who knows? A lot of people are petitioning um, MLB to do something about that. Um, I don't think uh, Canada's government gives a shit about that. About Rob Manfred? No, I don't either. No. Um, then uh, the other thing is he's a better first base option for the Yankees than Luke Voigt. I mean, Luke Voigt looks imposing. 
standing there and being this big hulking uh, free swing and righty, but I think Rizzo is a better defender and hitter. Yes. I do have a theory about Luke Voigt, though. This is a theory podcast, apparently. Yeah. Don't you feel like the lineup would go LeMayhew, Judge, Stanton, Luke Voigt, and the person that scared you the most was Luke Voigt because you're like, they just got through three all-stars, and here's Luke Voigt, three-run homer. Yeah, I mean. Except that, for Stanton at, this, at the end of the last season. Yeah. When he would be I was, turned into. There are times where I look at Giancarlo Stanton, and I think to myself, he's going to hit the ball 500 feet. There's no other option. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other option there. Um, I just but mean who knows? that. The guy's in... too big. He can't stay healthy. Him and Judge. I mean, the Yankees on paper scare me more than watching a Yankee game uh, and and seeing the Red Sox play the Yankees, I think. Yeah, I guess my point on Voight was it was the Knobloch, Paul O'Neill, fucking Posada. It's like, oh, you got yeah. Jeter and A-Rod out, but then a bloop by Posada beats Pedro. It's that That's what Voight f- felt like to me. Yeah. That second-tier Yankees player that killed the Red Sox. Anywho, the other two former Cubs I wanted to talk about were Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. Both went to the Phillies and are now a part of the big bat, no defense outfield. Mm-hmm. A lot of balls uh, going to drop. Yeah. Oh, Double Herrera is a good center fielder. Um, but yeah, they're good. The Phillies are good. I mean, Schwarber's probably going to DH. Castellanos is probably play left. They got Herrera in center and Harper. And that's probably in some order. The first four guys of your probably Herrera, Harper, Castellanos, Schwarber, or maybe even Schwarber bat second. Cause he's an on base machine. Um, no, um, Real Muto, they also have him. He'll bat second. Yeah. You think so, over all those guys? Yeah. No, he'll hit fifth. No, um, I think Real Muto's pretty, pretty good. I, I'm not saying he's not, uh, but I don't think he's a good hitter, as good a hitter as any of the other four guys I mentioned. Um, however, um, they're, they're, that's a good reload right there. I mean... Again, the National East probably won't. I, I think the Mets are going to be better than they're the Mets. I understand, but they might be better than a lot of teams out there. Uh, the Braves won the World Series, but also lost their best hitter. Oh, I shouldn't say that because Acuna is coming right back. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the Nationals have Juan Soto, so that's going to be a tough division. I mean, but that is. That's a that's a good top five hitters. That's as good as you're gonna find out there, I think. Well, that's maybe in the National League East because there are a lot of teams in the National League with stacked lineups. But it's a yeah. good signing. I like both those guys. I I, I thought I thought they should have done more to keep Schwarber. I thought they sh- the Red Sox. I mean, should have spent a little more money than they did this winter, but. They didn't, and now I feel like Schwarber's going to have – I he's going to have a big year. I mean, he did 20 home runs in the National League East last year in a month, and so 
crazy that the Cubs have none of those players anymore. I know. Not to mention Baez is on the Tigers, but right, that was yeah. pre-lockout. Um, I'm now I'm wondering. Uh, Freddie Freeman didn't sign last time we talked, did he? I thought he did. I thought we talked about that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's on the Dodgers if we didn't, which is weird. But, yeah, so I saw today all 49 out of the top 50 free agents have signed. Shout out Michael Conforto. Uh, which, hey, the Red Sox kind of need a right fielder, but he – so this, it's pretty settled at this point. I think the two big moves – people are anticipating are the A's pitchers, Manaya and what's his face? Montas. Montas. Yeah. So yeah. What a, I mean, congratulations, Billy Bean. You've done it again. You've killed any interest in any young core of, of uh, talent that your team could drum up. I really, I wonder if it's, I'm sure he's the owners like, yeah, we're not paying this. Which is ridiculous because he's worth two point five billion dollars. The way the whole team is run, from an organizational standpoint, in that city too, and their battles with Oakland over the stadium, whether it's going to be in a new developed area or whether they're ever going to get a new stadium or they're just going to keep playing it in that shit box of a giant horrible building. Uh, but I, I don't know at this point. Just move to a new city, because what are you? You spent exactly zero dollars. This uh, there was a, um, I think I sent it to you. It was a, a stat that ranked all thirty clubs and how much money they've spent. The Cleveland Guardians have spent just under a million at nine hundred thousand dollars, and the Oakland Athletics have spent zero dollars. How do yeah. you expect people to come to that same shithole that couldn't even fill it if it was in the World Series Game 7 and Ricky Henderson was still playing? How, how could you convince somebody to watch baseball in that city? Well, obviously they haven't. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's mind-numbing. All the players they have let walk over the years. Instead, they have never paid anybody. Tejada, the big three, Hudson, Mulder, Zito, walked all of them. Eric Chavez, didn't pay him. Matt Chapman, gone. Matt Olson, gone. And now they're going to move both of them, probably both. They'll probably move both. I don't even understand. I don't, I don't understand how – when I lived in New Orleans and they had ownership problems with the Pelicans – the NBA stepped in and said, no, 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 we can't have this. We're going to fix this. Granted, they screwed over the franchise for years by straightening away Chris Paul to the Clippers. But uh, I'm surprised that in all of his overreaching authority problems, Manfred hasn't said anything to this owner to be like, what the hell are you doing? It's not even a real franchise. And watch, they'll probably come out of nowhere and be in the wild card race all year and make me look like an ass. I doubt that. Um, but I did not expect the A's to get you so fired up. I, I wouldn't have done it right before bed. I know. <laughs> Jeez. I can't 
I actually forgot how much it actually it, it does work me up. I've been thinking about it for a while. It's just I don't get why they and how they would just see like, all right, well, hey, listen, man, hot dogs are still ten bucks. We'll see you on Thursday. Like, uh, yeah, I I just sorry, Jack. I just was bringing that up to talk about the fact that that might be the last movement, and soon it's just going to be about setting lineups and playing baseball. But wow. I will avoid the A's. You know what? We'll take we'll whenever take the week off. Dip. Whenever there's a dip in energy. <laughs> Just We're bring gonna, up the Oakland A's. I'm gonna pull up the Red Sox schedule and black out the weeks that the Red Sox play the A's. No, Jesus. why? It is gonna be it's gonna be free wins. The only right. the only thing that'll happen is some horrible foul ball that travels for hundred and fifty feet in that football stadium that they built a baseball field in. What is going on? Why are you so fired up about this? You know what? I'm calling it. Dump it. That's it. We'll be back next week with our predictions and any more Red Sox excitement. Jack, go eat a gummy. Just leave the city. Okay, bye, Jack. I'm I'm stopping the Zoom. I'm stopping it.